1: It's good to be back. Storm, you're here before me?
2: Hey there, Kipper. What's new? Have a nice vacation?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just fine. Sorry, you really caught me off guard. I don't think I've ever seen you this early for work before. You okay?
2: Huh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Kip, I'm good. I just did a little soul searching while I was at the beach. You know how it gets with the stars and the sand. New league year, new Storm. Time to take things more seriously. My body's a temple and I don't want to have to call on the renovation team. No more long nights of drinking. No more all-you-can-eat corned beef breakfast bars. Early to bed, earlier to rise.
1: Wow, Storm, that's that's really inspiring. I can't wait to have you here in the mornings to get ready for the broadcast. It looks like you've already got a head start. What are you working on?
2: Oh, yeah. I was peeping through some of these wannabe teams trying to squeak their way through the Grand Proven to make it into the insurance plan. I can't believe how many groups are willing to trade their blood for five minutes of fame. And these team names, ah. Well, what do you mean? They're just the worst. Listen to some of these: the Winker Blinks. Sounds like a gnomish oompa band. Abracadanger. It'd be brilliant if they weren't serious. The Very Sharp Swords. Kip, Kip. The Very Sharp Swords. They took a pen and wrote that down on an official document. A tree gave its life to be defaced with these words.
1: Well, you're not wrong, pal. <laughs> they don't quite pack a punch like they used to.
2: The Incredible Skulls, the Long Lancers, Thompson's Shuffle, Big Yellow Wagon, the Rose I- oh, the Rose Island, Roses. Oh, Kip, I have to say some of these with a straight face. I have to pretend that these words matter. I don't know if I can do it.
1: Well, if it helps, you can always think about the fact that on average, seven out of ten of those teams are going to end up in pieces, coming up the gears of the Provings Automations. <laughs>
2: Kip, you always know what to say. It's gonna be a good year, isn't it, pal?
1: It sure is, Storm.
2: A good year. Yep. Speaking it into existence. Nothing bad'll happen. Being positive. Yep.
1: You said it.
2: Just a big old season of sequentially improving events with pure upward momentum. The year,
1: yes. Storm, are you are you still with me? Evermade. We're live in five, four, three three members of the mortal dawn step out of a teleportation circle followed shortly by their patron maven in a fine red wine suit and half cape a short hallway lit with white sconces leads out to a huge round courtyard with quadrants of well-maintained grass beautiful miniature gardens and perfectly manicured trees The courtyard is surrounded by dozens of towers that wind upward and seem to intertwine in places. Walkways and floating buildings come off of the larger towers and connect in a dome-like cover over the courtyard. The three primary structures are the largest three towers. One a faded white, one a well-kept vibrant red, and the third a reflective polished black, without flaw. This is the Andesian Arcadium, your point of arrival in the Danmerian capital of Andesine the center of all arcane magic in Mackinar. Home of the Three Towers, the Laws of White Magic, and the largest institute of arcane pursuit in any of the Five Kingdoms. Students move through the courtyard, but not with the jovial curiosity and ambitions of youth. They move in organized groups, keeping a steady pace, their brown robes trailing behind them. Andesign is unique in the nature of its construction. The city is built upward, in tiers like a massive wedding cake. The Arcadium is the university and center of government, and it sits atop like a crown. And as the tiers descend into rings marked by huge walls, the gaps in wealth of the inhabitants changes vastly. The outermost ring, the largest by far, stretching out along the landscape, is buildings in decay. Gang wars raging far out in the streets and echoing over the city, fires burning, and the runoff from the alchemists above tainting the water below and filling the air with pollutions in yellow and red. Compared to the immaculate mansions and townhouses surrounding the Arcadium, it's like day and night. Decadence and poverty. Maven puts his hand on Chris's back as they look out over the tiers descending the standing capital and whispers, I promise we won't be here long. One stop and then we're leaving the city through the front gate. No detours. I'm sure this isn't where you want to be right now. It's it's okay, Maven. I'm not scared anymore. That's good. Still, let's watch our backs. I'm going to take you to visit an old friend of mine. And as he tells you this, you guys leave the Arcadium and start going down a long staircase that winds left and right into switchbacks that go to the second tier of the city. And this is where there are many mansions, uh, tall villas, some almost miniature castles of the wealth, many of these owned by wizards who study or teach or run the city of the Arcadium. The tier below that is the largest wooden gate. And this is a place of business. This is the market hub of this city. There's a wide variety of shops, both magical and mundane in nature. Fine tailors and cobblers make beautiful outfits for the Andesian nobles, the kind you rubbed elbows with at Heption's Ball. Wigmakers, beauty salons, and bathhouses have well-dressed people coming and going with servants in tow carrying the day's shopping. Maven waves at a few of them with some familiarity, but leads the group towards a tall brick building that seems to be held up by one of the huge stone walls of the city. There's laundry hanging out of some of the windows near the top floors, and a wooden sign on the front simply says, Old Books, in common. The dusty windows reveal what indeed appears to be a very well-stocked and poorly organized bookshop with stacks of mistreated tomes, and a broken bell attempts to ring sadly in a defeated tinkle as the door opens and closes, and a voice carries out from the dark back room, Mind the spiderwebs. You took them all day to make that.
3: The defeated Tinkle is a geriatric team of old men.
4: <laughs> oh
1: <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> and a very small figure comes out from the back room. At first, obviously a halfling. Fine, tightly tucked robes and tall boots. But their skin tone is not natural. It looks almost as though they're made of stone. And they pull up a tall stool behind a desk that it might just be stacks of books. There could be no desk underneath it at all he says, Maven, I have not seen you in a long time. Very good to have you back in my shop. Who are these? He says, this is my team, the Mortal Dawn. I believe I've mentioned them in some letters. This is my friend, the Ameliorator. The Ameliorator? That's me. That is my title. This is what I do. Books, they are my hobby, my passion. But magic items pay the bills. <laughs> What have you brought me today? Besides gold. <laughs> huh. Well, my team is outfitted with some very fine magic items, but we're looking to perhaps upgrade, and I thought you could give them a tour of some of their options. He says, Ooh, very good. I can do this for you. Uh, what sort of things do you carry with you that would benefit you to have boosted in potential? This is the
3: evil fat one, right? The bed. You're... Are you just the bad No, one? no, no. no, Ar- no, no, no RTM
4: no. RTM No, they're not the same. I am neither evil
1: nor fat. I don't know what you're saying. I mean, you can lose weight. Oh, uh,
0: we haven't met a lot of halflings, uh, and he's mistaking you for another.
4: Y- yes. I- innocent, innocent mistake. Um, we, no, he was guilty. Oh, no. No, no, no. Uh, no. Uh, wrong uh, wrong, d- wrong fellow. thing altogether.
1: Is the... Uh, Regional dialect of my homeland, yeah? Hmm, yes. I'm not the only one from there. Lots of halflings.
3: And why do you look like Rugs?
1: Because I'm a very powerful spellcaster, and I like to protect myself at all times. Oh.
0: As an aside to Crist, it's like going with a group of children all in one person. Yes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, that spell. I know it very well. And he just activates his iron bangle. Like this? Oh, I guess I'm a bit more shiny. Like
1: that, but all the time. Because I'm Mm. good at what
4: I do. Fancy.
1: Now did you come here to fatten my coffers or insult my lineage?
3: Mm, Well,
1: definitely the first. I say I have offended you. Eh, like duck water back old saying, you know it.
0: He probably doesn't. You
1: don't don't drink ducks with water back. (laughs) It's an idiom. It's okay. Not just my skin is hot as stone. We'll put it that way. Is he coming on to me?
4: I think so.
1: <laughs> I hope so. Not my
4: type.
0: Artyom, oh. look at this. Uh... Oh, God. <laughs> burn.
4: Oh, boy. Oh, that was a burn.
0: Perhaps you should you should look around at these books. Maybe something will interest you. Doubt
3: it. I walk over and start <laughs> c- cruising the tomes. Uh,
1: they're they're pretty knocked up. They <sighs> They're beat to hell. Looks like some of them have been rebound, but kind of lazily. A lot of the spines don't even have labels on them. Uh, It's not a perfect system, but uh, again, books don't pay the bills. I dislike them.
0: As far as trying to upgrade magic items, I um, do have this slightly magic armor. I could do with more.
1: Okay, okay. That's a good start. Let me take a look at it here. Do you have your slot list? So Artyom, you currently have the hat and the cloak for your minis mm-hmm. and the Prism Ward and Gasmeriel's Charge for your biggies. Gotcha. Chris. you have the Adornheim cloak and the Bind of the Baleful for the minis. You used to have the second Faces for one of the rares, but it's gone, and the mm-hmm. Onyx Bangle. Yes. And Arvid, you've got an open slot for your minis because you gave Artyom the Domain Farms hat, but you have the Adornheim cloak, Parody, and the Galvanic glove. Mm-hmm. And I think we filled in your last mini with you carrying the swan, so someone had it. And that's where you're all at. Hmm. I don't know if you understand how this works, but I will do the best I can to make it clear. Uh, Items that do not have very much magic in them are not too difficult to add more to. It's like trying to fit too much stew into a pot, though. You can do it, but uh, it costs a lot more, takes a lot more precision. So uh, like that shield there, I can smell the magic off that from a mile away. That's big business. I could upgrade it. (laughs) But it would take a lot of work and a lot of money.
0: It smells like metal. I've heard that magic can smell like metal to those who are sensitive.
3: Really? I think it's just metal.
0: Well, I don't know. Grandma said some strange things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she got weird in her old days. <laughs> Let me see this armor which you speak of. Give it here. All right. Is this just your plain mithril yeah. chainmail? I could most certainly put an enchantment upon this.
0: Can you make it better as far as
1: armor yes i can they come in many different categories but uh if i was to boost this say by a tier of one i could probably do that for a thousand gold but uh if you want to add something else to it kind of a bundled deal you know things like uh resistance to certain kinds of elements is very popular with the kids these days Uh, you can make it so it don't weigh so much, or uh, you can get it all tucked into like a ring or necklace or something, so you give a little snapperoo and it's on, but that's kind of an expensive one. It's called a uh, glamouring. Mm. Hmm. Those are just some examples. Uh, you can uh, jump higher or swim real good. Oh,
4: run faster even.
1: What were my little ones again? Your little ones are the hat and the cloak.
4: And I have no slots
3: open, right? Correct. Yeah, no, okay. And if I add anything to the small ones, they become bigger ones.
1: They can, yes, depending on how much you throw onto it. Mm-hmm. Or like you could add stuff to like the prick and it would become a minor one.
4: Well, I don't have much. I actually can afford to get an entirely new item if I wished. I have this ring. It's been quite useful, quite lovely. I have this cloak. It's, it saved me what time or two. Can you make my prick better?
0: Artyom! <sighs> uh, uh, he speaks of a weapon.
1: What, like a spear, or rapier, or something?
3: No, this. And I open my cloak and pull out the pink brick and set it down on the table.
1: Whoa, that's a that's a flashy crossbow right there. Uh, ooh, he kind of still plays with it. Yeah, it looks like it was probably made by a Durogar. Mm, indeed. Uh, not bad. Yeah, I could enchant that, no problem. This mm-hmm. thing—it's screaming for magic to get put in it. What the hell is this thing on the side, like a goiter? Vibrator. A vibrator. Okay. He starts to look it over. This is some pretty weird. Uh, Weird construction on this guy. the But uh, what are you looking for? You want it to, uh, to shoot bolts of fire or something?
3: I don't know. I'm trying to think what would be good.
1: A good starting point is to give it a one tier of enchantment. Hmm. Makes it better at hitting things, impacts harder, aims better. Uh, once you do that, you can start utilizing more things, like uh, elemental damage. Or uh, you could do something where you like throw it off a cliff and then it comes back to you, that kind of thing. I see. I can make it so it don't need ammunition anymore, it just kind of fires the same bolt over and over again.
3: Out of curiosity, and I pull off the my wand that turns into the spear, could you add returning to this with problem?
1: Uh, I was going to say, I can't really uh, enchant bonded items. Fair enough. Things that were uh, imparted to one and only souls.
3: This is unfortunate. I want to be able to throw it, but uh, it does not come back when I do this.
1: It's unfortunate for me too, there's a lot of money in enchanting bonded items, but Eldritch Knights and Warlocks of the Blade come and they're like, hey, I need this magical soul blade to be able to, uh, you know, raise the dead or something and I can't, I can't do it, I'm sorry.
3: I get the question though, (laughs) if this is bonded to me, is there any kind of magic that I could cast to bring it back to me if I leave it behind somewhere?
1: Hmm, uh, you could always do like a locate object, you'd have uh, perfect clarity with this spell since you're so ingrained with the item and then figure out where it is, but uh, as far as uh, magical teleportation, uh, maybe not.
3: Not even like 10 hour ritual?
1: Well, with a 10 hour ritual, I'm sure there's something that could be done. Yeah, high level spells, something around 6 or 7 probably. Mm. Some people make... a. Uh, binds or bands of things you can attach to things that kind of, like a magnet, that'd probably work out okay. Ugh,
3: everything in between the magnet and the, uh, the spear I imagine does not do so good.
1: Yeah, my advice is just try not to lose it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: So we got Prick and we got some, uh, some nice mithril chainmail. Nice thing about mithril, it welcomes enchantments better. It's like a bigger pot, you know?
0: Well, I was definitely at first just interested in, um, in bringing it up. A notch, but uh, then you talked about jumping,
1: and I—I I do have an affinity for jumping. Mm. Mm. You got mad hops? Oh, you could <gasps> say that. <laughs> if you're willing to put down the money? I can—I uh, can make this baby sprout wings. Oh,
4: that would be so beautiful! You should do it, do it, do it, do it! Oh my god! How much would it cost?
1: Oh, for for enchantments like that, you're looking at around six, seven thousand.
0: Ah, that puts me out.
1: Does me- it. Can meet in the middle and uh, have it have it levitate temporarily throughout the day. Mm. You don't look like the type to float away from a fight, though.
0: No, mm, uh, maybe I should stick with the extra. Oomph.
1: Sure, can make it uh, give you a little skipping your step. You know, a little lighter on your feet helps with jump, helps with run.
0: Uh, okay. So I I have about seven. Hundred. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: I like leading the negotiations with you telling me exactly how much money you have. That makes my job very easy. For 3700 I can do this for you. Okay. Sounds no, no, good. no no no. Well, wait, wait, why? Why? Oh my god. I, I don't did. understand.
3: If they know how much money you have, they know how much money you can give them. Yes. And then they just jack the price up.
0: Well, Then they yes. wouldn't be able to get the money from me if they're making it. Just, I don't
3: understand. This I'm not going to explain haggling <laughs> to you. <laughs> this is this is a ridiculous
1: proposition. You're really breaking my balls, and considering they got stone skin on them, that's quite a tenacious feat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: the market value for a regular duration for this kind of thing is three thousand. I
0: seems- was just going for
1: the seven hundred because I don't like you guys. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is fair. Hmm. Maven's okay. He brought me a lot of business in the past. How about those robes you're wearing? They uh, look like they've got a minor glamouring on them. They do?
4: All I know is that they change a little bit of color, when, depending on my mood.
1: Yeah, that's an enchantment. They don't do that normally. That's magic. Oh, well.
4: <laughs> you never know with this world. I've seen some crazy things. You never know. Fair enough. I don't know. Maven, do you have any ideas, any suggestions?
1: Well, um, if you would like to stop relying so much on your mage armor... um. You could enchant your robes to be more defensive, but it seems like you already have the gifts within you to do such things. Mm-hmm. Um, you could enchant them to resist an element. What can you do with the ring? The ring? What's this ring do? He studies it for a second, says. Oh, interesting. So it uh, it, it messes you up and messes other people up more. Yes. Uh, rings are easy with generic template enchantments. I'm not going to be able to make it hurt other people more or mess with the uh, runes already in it. But I could throw something simple on it, like, uh, you're a human, right? Uh, how about dark sight? That's pretty easy. Hmm. You can make it so you walk on water. I don't know. That's well, too many options. Yeah, I know. It's a whole wide world of magic out there.
0: Maybe he could make it so you smell like lilacs.
1: <laughs> don't I already?
0: Oh, sorry. (laughs) Thank
1: you. I'm having a
3: hard time choosing an element. This is the hardest part.
0: Hmm. Because I feel like
3: if I choose one, it makes it so that the weapon is now no longer viable against things resistant to that element.
1: Hmm. That's a good point. You always got to think about who your opponent's going to be. Now, I will tell you this. A lot of arcanists will only have the access to the elemental planes. But this guy right here, he knows how to uh, infuse things with positive the positive and negative energy. You know, necrotic... Radiant, things like that. It's not your normal run-of-the-mill boon, but uh, I know what's up. Would you happen
4: to have any artifacts or enchantments that would help me change mm, the element of my songs, as it were?
1: Things like that exist. You're talking about an ion stone, for example. Ion stone? Yeah, they're a classic, classic mage trick. Very powerful little stone artifact that kind of floats around your head like a satellite. And uh, each one is imparted with different gifts. I've heard of some that sorcerers and the like can use to sort of bend their magic a little bit. Huh. Where can I get one of those? Well, I don't really specialize in pre-made items, but you're uh, in Andesign. This is the place to get it. Hmm. So it is a one-time thing. Oh, no. They, uh, they last. They, they just kind of circle around. Some of them have uh, limited uses. Like, some of them can just someone cast a spell at you. Poof. It's gone. But after it does so many, then it just kind of cracks and falls apart. Ah. I have a question for you. Yeah.
3: This might be a little odd. Is there a way to make it so that the bolt shot from this can optionally heal as much as it would damage?
1: Interesting, interesting. It would have to be limited uses. You're a a divine caster, is that right? I am indeed. I might be able to infuse a kind of enchantment, of course, after it gets a tier one enchantment, um, where you could, uh, say, deliver touch spells at the range of your crossbow.
4: Hmm, Dutch spells at the range of crossbow. This is interesting.
1: Let me think on this.
4: Certainly. What do, what do um, bards usually come to you for?
1: Uh, Enchanted instruments is very popular, things that will kind of uh, boost your performance abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they like to have magical necklaces that let them speak in multiple languages mm-hmm. so that they can reach a more diverse audience. Seems mm-hmm. smart to me. Mm-hmm. Those are a few examples. For some reason, instruments enchant very easily. Something about the music they make, it's a, uh, I don't know, it like, it tingles throughout them, resonates or something. Ah. There's examples of Dornish horns that can, uh, you blow it and it'll knock down a city wall.
2: Huh?
1: That's amazing. There's even some that can summon like Valkyries and Spirits of the Dead, stuff like that. A kind of dance macabre, as they say. What? That sounds fascinating. Y'all can think about it. Put it in order, and uh, we'll get you all sorted out, no problem. Sounds good to me. And as he studies your crossbow, he says, Ah, oh, I see. So this little piece here, this actually makes it magic already. Hmm. So what I can do is put the enchantment on this little guy, so as long as it's attached to the crossbow, you'll get the bonuses. Be excellent. We can work something out about shooting, what, healing arrows? It's absurd, and I like absurd. <laughs> <laughs> something new is exciting to me. And uh, we can do some more brainstorming and... Uh, I'll get creative. Don't worry. Come back in a couple days and you'll have a whole new set of shiny new goodies. And Maven says, um, I feel bad that Harothax isn't here, but if they come to in time, perhaps I can put in an advanced order and have it shipped. Sounds good to me. If there isn't anything else you want to deal with in the city, it sounded like you might have been interested in doing more magic item shopping, but, uh. Yes. Well, you write down some order information. I'd like to take you out to what I have planned. Oh. We have oh. a lot of work to do today.
0: PR work? Parties?
1: No, quite the Uh, opposite of any of those.
0: Since when did you enjoy
4: parties?
0: Are you kidding? (laughs) I'm pretty sure I took you out the first few nights. Okay, yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's been a while. I could go for a drink, you guys going out?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I why not? The less time that he spends around the RTM, the better it'll be for us. But if we liquor him up, he'll be cheaper.
1: I mean, if you want me to get socialized, I can get these rocks off and go put on a nice coat. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Maven has work for us. Ah. Yeah, he's always got something going. Uh See you next time, Maven. Thanks again. No, thank you, my old friend. And he gives him a very hug. (laughs) And uh, Maven escorts you towards the lower ring of the city. It's called the Dregs for a reason. There is broken glass along the cobblestone streets. The buildings are in disarray. You don't make it more than a few blocks without people asking for handouts. And in the distance, you can hear fights in all directions. You hear explosions. This is where gang wars are done with ruined alchemy and minor magic items. This is where fires are burned intentionally. The city is blocked off into quadrants controlled by different gangs. The air is difficult to breathe. You can barely see the sky. It's so yellow and orange. The sun looks like a giant red pill just floating above you. He leads you out of this part of the town as quickly as he can. It takes a while because it's large. And at the main gate, there's a couple of guards that don't seem to give you any mind because you're leaving. He says, so we're going to pass through some farmland. It's not the nicest farmland in all of Danmere, but it's what remains. There is a place to the west that is known as the Gray Wilds. It is a very strange anomaly. Uh, geographically. A long time ago, several magic wars took place there, and it has affected the environment. It makes spellcasting somewhat difficult, and I think this is perfect for the next phase of our training. Now it can be a little dangerous, but I think you're up to the task, and I've put in a little advanced legwork and have something ready for you. For the next few hours, you travel along through these old, kind of sad farmlands. The land is dry and dying in places. Despite all of the magic at the mage's fingertips, commoner life is still a struggle. And you enter an area that's rolling hills. There's no forests in sight. Even the mountains seem further away than they were when you got here. And the sky is overcast with grays and purples. And off in the distance, there are several rings of cairn stones... The grass is thick and green. The main thing that stands out is a clearing, a very large circle, almost a mile across. And inside of it, there is a very elaborately arranged obstacle course with many challenges, devices, apparatuses, things from Andmar, things from Dornheim. And Maven says, this is where we're going to get your bodies into shape. This is where you'll show me the new tricks that you have up your sleeve. Oh boy, that was a lot of talking. I guess I should quench my tired throat with a nice cool drink of water. Ah, fresh, clean spring water. Nothing better. I'm surprised this stuff isn't one of our sponsors. Well, bottoms up. Hey, Cap. Storm, don't sneak up on me.
2: Hey, I can't help it. I'm just naturally silent but deadly. I'm ghosting (sighs)
1: 24-7. What do you want, Storm?
2: I have some very exciting news to share. Something that's been very hush-hush for weeks now. League stuff.
1: Well, pal, no offense, but I doubt there's league stuff that I'm not in the loop about.
2: No, no, no. Not this time. This was a secret from the top of the food chain.
1: Storm, what are you talking about?
2: Okay, so there I am, on my lunch break. Belt off, halfway into my second hoagie. And who else but the commish comes strolling in, radiant ass as besticked as ever, with a proposition for me, Stormclad. So long as I keep it on the DS de Bells, of course.
4: Okay.
2: It's proven time, you know, and well, Lori thought it was time to put my brains to use instead of just my pretty face. My brain, Kip. Turns out there was a top secret project I was just the orc for.
1: top secret, huh?
2: So get this, you're looking at the new advisor for the Grand Proving Trials. The what? Yeah. I mean, I still get to host the show and everything, but they always hear me talking about the trials of the past, and and know I've got a good head for traps and battles, so they brought me on as a consultant to design some of the year's Grand Proving events. Now that the construction's done, I can finally brag about it.
1: The Grand Proving Trials.
2: it went so well. Oh man, it was an absolute idea, Cannon. I just kept blasting them off. Spike traps, but the spikes are weight-sensitive and turn into snakes. Illusory flamethrowers that look like they're coming from one direction, but actually come from another. Oh, and instead of poison gas, sleepy gas. Turn your whole body into pins and needles. Good luck trying to jump the lava pool when you're hopped up on a gallon of Nam Nam Sleepy Time Tea. Ah,
1: <sighs> Storm, that's...
2: Keep you look like you just swallowed a bug. The gross kind. You okay? You shook by being in the presence of such trap mastery. A real tripologist, A
1: dungeonarian. Ha, <laughs> Storm, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I can't wait to see all your ideas in action.
2: Damn right. I if the fatalities of my brilliance can be
1: added to my body count. <laughs> Maybe they do, Storm. Maybe they do. Whew, I really need that drink of water now.
2: Yep. Oh, it's too bad for you. The Commissioner's new favorite is yours truly.
1: <laughs> Warning, the following commercial contains extra planar content not suitable for all ages. The planar gates are open, and we've got visitors from the Far Realm looking for a material sphere vacation. And these aberrations are ready to go all out and bear it all. It's Grell's Gone Wild. Drunk on knowledge and thirsty for fun, these psionic outsiders are partying their way across the five kingdoms. They're keeping nothing secret. Big swinging tendrils, inflated air sacs, glistening wet beaks, and pulsing moist cerebral lobes. It's Grell's Gone Wild. Order the Three Scrying Stone collectible set today and we'll throw in Grells Gone Wild in the free aisles. No rules, just pure, uncut, lustrous, wrinkled brain sacs seizing the day one tentacle at a time. Grells Gone Wild. You'll love them for their minds.
0: Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.
3: Hi all you cuties. Zach here. We just got done with another short recording session for the Trial of Ascension, and let me tell you, it was off the chain! I can't wait for it to air. On top of that, we've got a spooky special planned for late October that I have no doubt is going to blow your socks off, so keep listening and showing your support. Speaking of support, I want to thank our legendary teams, The Oathsworn, Ancestors' Fury, Cultured Cutthroats, Iron Rhapsody, Tavern Brawlers, and this week's featured team, The Moonlight Veil with Christian Wiseman, Jen Finch, Eerie Luna Rose, and Maisie. Thank you all so much. These last couple of months were a mixed bag for our Patreon. We lost a lot of smaller subscribers but gained a lot of larger ones and had increases from our existing legends. It's funny, when we started this out we never really planned to be exclusively paid for by community donations and we're still like five grand a month for being able to do content creation full time. But I am routinely shocked that we have so many amazing people out there who are willing to contribute to improving the show. Speaking of, this week's episode was edited by Nathaniel Philip Cole, also known as NPC of the Breakfast Puppies. He does a few great podcasts himself, such as Bikers, Dice, and Bars, about two wheeled motorized vehicles, tabletop RPGs, and your favorite drinks and dives. He also does a fantastic podcast called Hammer Crawl procedurally generated early edition dnd dungeon crawl where randomized heroes are fed into the meat grinder check this out it is absolutely fantastic you can find more of their information at breakfastpuppies.com in streaming news law and i finished our randomized pokemon heart gold soul silver nuzlocke last week Having failed on the last battle of the Elite Four, it was an absolute tragedy. But we are starting anew with Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire this Tuesday, the 29th at 7.30pm PST. You can find our schedule at twitch.tv slash streams. But enough out of me, let's get you back to the
2: action.
1: Welcome back to League Beefs. The heroes of the LUQ are professional quest specialists. But that doesn't mean they don't totally blow it sometimes. This is your weekly highlight reel venturing oopsies and fantastic fumbles when our heroes totally beef him. League Beans In this episode, we'll be focusing on the pint-sized blunders of the little league of ultimate questing It's easy to stay out of combat when your job is to inspire through music, but when the Belchester Bluebirds team minstrel went for the high C on their mandolin, an unforeseen string snap provided a deep cut, so when the team found her, she was out like a light.
2: Music is my lifeblood
1: A portable hole is one of the most useful items a resource-gathering team can have out on the adventuring field. But be more careful than the Whitefall Wildcats, as nobody noticed Team Ranger Finn and Leaf, a compact halfling ally, slipping and falling in before they picked up the extra-dimensional pocket. Sadly, they don't come with oxygen included. You take my breath away. We all panic sometimes, but when you're sneaking through an old warehouse hiding from some angry bandits, cutting loose a nervous fart is a perfect way to give away your location, as learned by the team specialist for the Delmendra Marauders. You made the cut. Join us again next time for more of the fumbles your family loves to see, here on the Nexus Enterprise. Meet me. We see Christ, Artyom, and Arvid standing in a vast green field with a stormy sky above them. Each of them is wearing a kind of red tracksuit in the colors of sunrise. The mortal dawn printed in plain text across the back. And before you is an elaborate, magical, and mechanical obstacle course. Maven has brought you here for training, for testing and to see how you handle using your magic in the gray wilds, where such things are much more difficult. So what we're going to do is we're going to enter a skill challenge. So how I want this to work is each of you is going to choose the challenge for the next person at the table.
4: Ooh. all right, okay, okay.
1: This is a good chance for the characters to stretch their legs physically and the players to stretch their minds creatively. So let's roll initiative to begin the training montage.
4: <laughs> training montage!
1: I don't need to roll. Shit. Modified 20. Modified 20.
4: 14. This is very fitting. Seven.
1: I don't have to move these at all. They were already in the perfect <laughs> order. Perfect. You love to see it. So, Artium, you react first. You hear Maven fire some alchemical gun into the air and you take off. So that means we're going to start with Sam describing what kind of obstacle Artium comes up against. And then we'll go around the table that way.
0: All right. Rtm running up to the challenge, right? He's going to face a series of logs mounted, one higher after the other. And just past that is staggered with one very high, one slightly lower, one near the ground of like wide rope nets that are somewhat taut. And then on the other side, there's like a little tube slide.
3: Interesting. Mm. So it's like a pyramid up of logs, a pyramid down of nets, and then... A tube slide? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe
0: there's. Yeah, there's like a flag at the end of the tube slide. There we go. Flags. Flag. <laughs> you gotta get the flag. Flags
3: it's are also, not
4: That's what I was thinking too. I was absolutely <laughs> get the flags. Yeah.
3: I like it. Okay. That's very good. Artyom stands up from his perfect squat, <laughs> brushes off his tracksuit, <laughs> gives it a look, and says, "This is good. I don't know why I like this so much." <laughs> I think first I'm not great with athletics or anything like that so I've got to rely on my acrobatic skills so he's just gonna do some some handsprings up the thing mm-hmm. and then when he comes down on the nets he's oh, fuck man how do you handle how do you handle nets that are just like vaguely taut and they're all floppy and shit
0: exactly right mm-hmm. and we're talking like layers of them so if you ended up between two of them that would suck you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think he's going to drop down and try to use the net to swing directly to the tube so that he doesn't have to deal with them.
1: (laughs) All right, let's see an acrobatics as you extreme ninja warrior this.
3: (laughs) That is a 16 plus 3. It's at 19?
1: You begin to vault onto it. You realize because of the humidity of this kind of wet field, the the logs are a little bit damp. So at first you slip, but you catch your cat-like footing. Vault up and grab onto the net. Starting to swing, you get tangled up slightly, but you roll your way out and hit this wacky fun slide, which seems like a very strangely delightful ending to this horrible <laughs> obstacle. And it shoots you out quickly as you snatch the first flag in your hand as a success for the group. Woo! Nice. Next up, we have Arvid, and their challenge is going to be described by Alante.
4: Yeah. So, what I'm envisioning is you're approaching this weird-looking waterfall, this waterfall has no edges. It's almost like a water fountain shooting up from the sky, and you see this huge flag at the top. And the way that the water is falling, it's falling in a spiral. Your objective is get the flag at the top.
0: How high?
4: Definitely higher than a jump would be.
0: Even if I was able to get magic to go? Yes. Really? Yup. Do you mean like 100 feet up in the air?
4: Or maybe like 200. I don't know. Whatever the law decides.
0: <laughs> okay. mm mm and the way David put it, it sounded like it might be possible to use magic. It's just oh, yeah. like shitty. Okay, so he's going to give his uh, attempt to get the flag with a thorn whip. It's a cantrip. <laughs> can, can, do I roll arcane? What do I roll?
1: Well, you're using it as a very kind of aggressive weapon. Like you're literally attacking with a whip of thorns. Mm -hmm. Part of your job is going to have to swim up a little bit because this thing's further than the range of your whip. Okay. But it'll definitely help you get it early. So you could use either like athletics or perception to try to like nail it because you're using a ranged attack.
0: Okay. Let's go with athletics because it's going to have to start with that swim. And that sounds fucking hard swimming up a vertical waterfall in the middle of nothing.
1: And because you're utilizing magic, the DC has been increased. (gasps)
0: That's a total of seven.
1: With your athletics,
0: that yeah, five and two.
1: Gotcha. Oh, you rolled two. <laughs> okay.
0: Oh, no. Actually, I guess my athletics went up because proficiency bonus went mm-hmm. up. So it's a eight.
1: Understood. Mm-hmm. Important numbers to keep track of. So, Arvid, you jump as high as you can and hit this waterfall. And it just slams you downward. As you're kind of cascading down at the impact of all these gallons pushing you, you try to summon the Thorn Whip, and your entire arm gets covered in these brambly thorns, tangling yourself up, and you impact into the sharp barbs as you hit the ground. As you completely Ah! lose control of the magic, and your arm is actually still covered in thorns right now. Yikes. And that is a failure for the group. Next, we have Crist, and your challenge will be described by Zach.
3: Ahead of you is a small tunnel made out of stone, and inside you can see four distinct shapes that dimly glow with the three primary colors and green. At the very end, there's one that is simply a black shadow and one that is a glowing aura of a person. You feel elemental radiance coming from it. Okay. So a total of six figures, two at the end. So is the goal to solve the puzzle? No. Okay. Okay.
0: Can what you is, not see any flag?
3: There is a flag hanging from the end of
2: the tunnel.
4: <laughs> okay. It says, get through the tunnel. Oh, so Indiana Jones in this. Okay. It is red, blue, yellow,
3: green, and then at the end, black and white. They're all, they're just figures, almost like a low
4: elementals. All right. Feeling that, Chris is going to just take a breath and just prepare to absorb some damn elements and then I'll propel him forward.
1: I like it. You are utilizing magic. So it'll be a higher DC. Yep. But I would like to see your arcana check. All right. With some luck. 17. You start to run into the tunnel. You make it past several of these elementals as they emit the energy corresponding with their color and it impacts you. You push some of it away with your absorb elements but as you're running at top speed, you start to lose control of your ability to push back the elements, and suddenly it flips on you and turns into a kind of magnet, and suddenly all of these beams of elemental energy start to coalesce on your presence. Oh. And as you make your way out the other end, you see fire and ice and horrible dark shadows and burning light clinging to Christ as your tracksuit is now burnt and... Decimated in places. The flag crumbles to ashes in your hands as you make it out the other side, and you're still smoldering with this energy. And you see like lightning starting to form in the air, and it seems like all of the points as they strike sort of gesture towards Christ. Is my hair okay? <laughs> I
4: have plus 10. Why?
1: That brings us back to Artium. This time your challenge will be decided by Christ.
4: Okay, let's go with another water challenge. If you look at the spirally waterfall, you'll see as it cascades down that it pools into this little, little kind of pond area. In that, you can see a couple of tiny lights way deep down at the bottom, and there is a flag. Once you get in, once you get close, you start to see that there is a bunch of, what would you call them? Let's just go with booby traps. The goal is get the flag at the bottom. Gotcha. What kind of booby traps are we looking at? There might be some sea mines and there might be some things that if you get too close to the edge might poke out at you.
3: Gotcha. Gotcha. I think I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull out my pink prick and I'm going to give it a good angle. Like kind of look at it. See what I'm looking at. See what the booby traps are. I'm going to try and make it so that the pink prick goes down. I want to blow that sea mine Mm. to destroy the other booby traps so I can just swim down and grab the bad boy.
1: Certainly. What kind of skill would you like to utilize for that?
3: Would investigation work for that or perception?
1: I would say perception. Perception.
3: That is a fat 21.
1: So as you watch the pattern and wait for the perfect moment, you activate the vibrochromatiker and using this extra velocity of traveling through time, the bolt manages to move at a normal speed through the resistance of the water impacts with the mine. And there's just kind of a sonic explosion that doesn't seem to do anything at first. And then water comes gushing out of the top in a huge wave, soaking everyone around. Mm. But the water is now maybe two or three feet lower than it was. And all of the traps are just floating flotsam.
3: I just casually swim down and grab
1: the <laughs> Very nice. It's very dark and murky from all of the earth and stone that was kind of shaken loose. But fishing through the mud puddle, you come up dirty with the flag in your hand. <laughs> As a success for the group.
3: Tim, come huddle. You've got to stop using your magic.
1: They were you're not listening. We
3: over rely. You've got to play with other things. Arvid, you're not just strong, but you're also quick. You have, you have, you're nimble. You're clever. You can do this, Chris. I know that was hard for you. You see magic. You only use magic, but you got to try to find a way to work around it. I don't know what to do without
4: magic. what, what, what do we? What do people do? What do ordinary people do? <laughs>
3: <laughs> we dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. What? Yes, dodge
1: twice, because dodge is very important.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I suppose we'll give that another
1: try then. Please. So that brings us to Arvid, and this time the scene will be described by Zach.
3: What you see is basically just a large net hanging down, uh, almost creating kind of a tent. Inside of this tent are dozens and dozens of what look like silver birds. Two of them are carrying flags. All of them are covered in blades.
0: This reminds me of a game my cousins used to play with me.
4: What mm. kind of game did you play?
3: <laughs> did someone die? It was mostly just dodge
1: the knife. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> it's just an easy game of knife catch.
0: <laughs> All right, Arvid's going to attempt to determine the quickest way to catch a flag. And also whether the flags are any different because um, typically there's only been one flag. So two flags, that could be weird. Mm -hmm. So I guess, is that like an insight or maybe? Because
1: specifically they're birds, I would also allow an animal handling.
0: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I was going to say survival was possible because uh, it looks deadly even though, yeah. It's a
1: misunderstanding of the term survival. (laughs) Yeah. We mean Boy Scout survival, not staying alive with hit points.
3: I mean, we just had a not-die skill. I'm pretty sure we'd all focus on that.
4: (laughs)
1: All
0: right. Animal handling sounds radical.
3: Animal handling. Hell yes.
0: (laughs) Shoot. (laughs) Terrible. Twelve.
1: Twelve. Arvid enters this domed net and looks at these shining birds as they soar around, keeping your eye on the flags, and... Frequently, they dive bomb you and slash across your track suit or nip off a tiny bit of the hair on top of your head uh, or just poke you in the butt very uncomfortably, oh. try to trip you up. For a moment, you see one of the flagged ones descending and you see a clarity through the cloud of birds, a moment where you can Harry Potter the snitch out of the air. <laughs> and as you reach for it, two birds impact with your ankle and you simply grab a big armful of razor sharp birds on your spill to the ground cutting your chest open in several places. There are birds flapping stuck in you as you roll around on the ground and you see one of the flags just fly out of the door you came through. Uh, Unfortunately, a fail for the group. Man, this is hard. That brings us to Christ, and this time Sam will define your challenge.
0: Yeah, so you approach an apparatus that has a flag clearly visible in the center, but if you try to grab it, it is stuck in several plates meeting together to hold the flag in. And then around it, there are wooden raised pieces with like gears showing at the bottom. It seems like they may be able to be pressed down, but with quite a lot of, lot of resistance.
1: Huh. So it's like a weight puzzle.
2: Yeah.
4: What I'm going to do is very, very quickly get up
1: there and just slide of hand that flag. Right. So utilize your fast manual dexterity before the log kind of descends.
4: Yes. Sure. I'm trying to remember what the scorpion bracelet does.
1: I think once a day it gives you advantage on sleight of hand.
4: Yes, I do get it with advantage. So I'm going to I'm gonna
1: do that. Yeah. Why not? A nice throwback to Spirit's Rest. So 24. 24. Very nice. So Chris, despite the fact that part of you was crystal, you don't weigh that much. So you do manage to scamper up the pole quickly, but it starts to <laughs> as you descend. But like a cobra, you just <laughs> snatch the flag out of it. And then you fall 10 feet to the ground, but triumphantly holding the flag over your head.
4: It's actually, it's very, it's very, um, what do you call it? Because I have the awakening spell when you sit on the way down just
1: like, you know, gently land. Mm, so it's like I a magical kip up. Yes.
4: Magical <laughs> kip up. And then like, I have it. Yes.
1: Nice. Good showmanship too. Thank you. Mm. So as you look up holding the flag in your hand, you see that those lightning bolts that you saw before the storm overhead is growing. And the colors are shifting to reds, oranges, and blues. It's like a dark, ominous rainbow swirling through the clouds. But I won! Why is it doing that? And you begin to see strange magic raining from the sky. There are items. There are creatures. There are spells. There are pockets into other worlds. And you realize now that one of the rare occurrences in the Gray Wilds is a wild magic storm. (laughs) So... For the last challenge for each of you, as the obstacle course around you begins to get destroyed and manipulated by these random explosions of magic, simply describe to me how you survive. And on each of your turns, a wild magic effect will trigger. And I have a 1000 chart for random magic effects. Next. So I'm going to roll and describe what's going on top of Artium, and you can narrate how you want to get out. Sounds good. That is just a straight up 96 interesting okay so this is cool as you're looking up at these bizarre waves of magic falling from the sky you suddenly feel incredibly heavy suddenly your crossbow your spear and your tracksuit begins to turn into iron
3: hot damn okay
1: and this is happening as you're pulling yourself out of a giant mud puddle just in time to not sink
3: right okay so what i'm gonna do Mm mm-hmm Is I want to drop onto my belly immediately and make myself as wide as possible. Mm -hmm. And then while I'm there, I'm going to just slowly use my, my, my weight, my adding weight to try and leverage myself little bit by little bit away from the puddle. Okay. Nothing fancy. Just drop to the ground, disperse my weight, slowly slide out.
1: All right. So let's see an athletics check.
4: Yay. You got this. You got this. 19.
1: Ooh, baby.
4: Very nice.
1: So you soldier crawl like like a sea turtle returning to the ocean, shuffling a little bit at a time. And as you're moving, you can see like swords of glass impaling into the ground behind you and tiny explosions that start as fire and end as butterflies erupting around you. But you manage to get to the threshold of the obstacle course, just as you see Maven like running up with a panicked look on his face.
3: And as soon as I get there, I pull my shield over the top of my head and let my iron tracksuit protect me.
1: All right. So you are not moving anytime soon, but you are safely away from the danger. Next, we have Arvid, 524. Whoa. So, Arvid, you are just now emerging from the net of bladed birds. Um, You're pulling some of them out of you. And you think for a moment, perhaps they cut you a little worse than you thought, because one of your legs and one of your arms just falls off without any kind of blood or cut and lumps to the ground. What?! Are they bleeding? No, it's like there's a a solid mass there. Like they just perfectly slid off like you're made of wax or something.
0: I don't fucking know. (laughs) It's it's
1: an honest answer, but I I need more.
0: (laughs) Shit. Are there sanity checks in this game? Mm
1: -hmm. It's a joke. It's funny.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um... (laughs) Thank you for letting me know. It was funny.
3: (laughs) I was worried.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe like a—I don't fucking know. I—I I guess like roll to to sit around and wait and see if my body parts like, come back.
1: Shit's like raining down on top. Oh, okay, of you, you so want to get, to get away get from the danger zone.
0: Okay, so maybe I'll try to grab the limbs mm-hmm. with my remaining limb mm-hmm. if I if I had. If I didn't have shoes on, I could I could try to grab
1: <laughs> with your toes, my
0: toes too. But um, Un- unlikely. But go on. We're just gonna try to grab them and like roll away. Okay, roll away. But can't use athletics because just had athletics. So right. And this
1: is gonna require a lot of balance because you're jumping on one foot. So I think I'm gonna call for an acrobatics check.
0: It's untrained, so okay. I get a plus one. Boo. Damn, I'm rolling bad today. That's a total
1: of four. Total of four. Alright, so Arvid scoops up a leg and an arm (laughs) and takes about three hops before they slip and just eat shit. (laughs) A a few more very sharp birds are added a few inches deeper into the torso. You see Morty running out across the field, like dodging some explosions and grabbing Arvid by the cuff of his shirt and dragging him along the best he can, but he's only helping a little bit.
3: In retrospect, calling for Morty to help drag your, your crippled With ass. An animal handling?
1: <laughs> yeah. That could have been a smart role. Yeah. That
0: could have been a smart way. It still would have been less than 10. So Fair. keep uh, that in mind.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and last up in escaping the chaos of the magic storm is mm. Crist. 841. So, Chris, you also see these horrible explosions happening all around you. So as you're looking up and spells are raining down from the heavens... How do you respond? You feel tingly inside, like magic is coursing through your whole body. But all you know is that you want to try to get away as fast as you can.
4: That's my first thought. My second thought is, fuck this chaotic bullshit. I've been through too much. I'm going to do a performance. And the performance calls back to the song in the Temple of Order. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be like a baseline that's bringing that order, bringing that, like fighting this wildness. Yeah. So performance.
1: Right? You're actually summoning the order music to help with the chaos. Yes. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I appreciate that.
4: Yeah. Definitely going to use some luck. That is
1: 27. The DC was increased because you were trying to utilize some very, very special magic, but 27 is fantastic. Awesome. The problem is you do start to make the songs. You hum it, it echoes through your body, but you feel your mouth is full as you start to sing. And somehow your body manages to still emit a lot of this kind of celestial, uh, serene music that seems to push back some of the spells. But from your mouth and from your ears and from orifices unseen by your clothing, thousands of tiny spiders begin to emerge.
4: Ah! Not okay. They are,
1: Not okay. They, are, they are pale and transparent as though they're fresh from the egg sac, and they move as a living wave they cascade down your body and fill your shirt your trousers your boots but around you is nothing but serene calm (laughs) that puts the group at five successes versus four failures so thankfully you all managed to make it out so we see the camera panning out on this bizarre magical obstacle course that got caught in a chaos storm of magic we see maven and morty doing the best to help the team get out of the danger zone chris dry heaving spiders out of their throat and shaking them out of his clothes. Arvid rolling along like a lump as Morty tries to drag you to safety, clinging tightly to your arm and leg. And Artyom getting pushed like a sled along the grass, completely frozen in his steel armor. But far away, at the lounge of ultimate questing, we see the moon, shining down through the glass ceiling of the greenhouse, illuminating a strange pale rose. Small hands pack down the soft earth in the clay pot the rose now roots in. We see the hands grab the pot and cling it tightly to a chest, then begins to move quickly. Out through the closed tavern, ducking under the service window from the open kitchen and out the front door, quickly up the steps to the upstairs apartment. As Harathak sleeps, body wheezing weakly, monitored by a figure in a nearby chair cast in shadows. The glow of the rose fills the room. There's an arcane whisper as the green-robed cleric falls asleep. A child steps up to the bed, holding the rose pot in hand, pulling back their hood to reveal three bright eyes. A small hand is placed on Haru's head. The body stirs. And then the child and the rose are gone. A glimmer of blue smoke wafts from the new marking on Hirothax's brow. Well, this is it, pal. Just a few minutes till go time. New year, new league, a packed house... Dozens of new wannabe teams? Once this grand proving starts, we're in it for the long haul.
2: Longest broadcast of the year.
1: You ready for this, Storm?
2: Good night's sleep, brand new suit, I got a thermos of coffee, paper bag full of chicken wings, cooler full of water, and maybe a bottle of wine. Kip, I'm gonna go into a commentator fugue where I feel no pain. There is only the arena and the blood in my ears. I will become a beast that is Bart camel, part wolf, and part
1: microphone. The crowd's energy is pure magic tonight. This'll be an evening to remember.
2: I gotta take a whiz.
1: Not now, Storm. It's showtime.
2: Although it looks like my thermos is pulling a double shift.
1: Greetings, adventure addicts and fantasy aficionados. Welcome to a new year of the League of Ultimate Questing.
0: Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what?
3: I think Zen Camp just gave Artifacts a third eye. <laughs> Holy uh, fuck,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> Dude,
0: he's looking witchy. He's these looking days. fucking so... sinister
3: as shit, man. Yeah. I love it.
0: They are his character, sorry.
3: Hey, yes. man, we're bad at that.
4: Ugh. <sighs> because we usually
3: just say haifax and just like skip the whole pronoun game. Man, that's what that's 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 how you do in J- Japanese, man. They don't even ha- they don't even use pronouns 90% of the Wicked. time. Nope. Like at all. It's all just like this you know name son or they go they just like imply who they're talking yes. about rather than explicitly saying. Don't
4: say you. It's an insult.
1: Please just call me name-san.
3: <laughs> name-san. <laughs> <son.
1: laughs> <laughs> who is uh I don't want to do it. I'll, I'll do, do it.
3: Cute. We're going to go in order because the orders love me
1: (laughs) apparently i don't know
3: i don't even know i need this thank you again for listening to the league of ultimate questing as you know our episodes go live every monday we've also been doing our fake ad friday on every friday on our twitter and facebook please feel free to check those out and share those with other people we also do other bonus content on fridays and uh we've been posting a hell of a lot of memes so honestly our social media is a crisp Mm mm-hmm if you want to see more of our content, please check out of Uh Oh, no, we don't even have TheLeagueOfUltimateQuesting. We have the LUQ.com, Slash-Studios.com. We also have uh, D20Questions.com, just in case you really want to find it through the most obscure means possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also strongly check, recommend checking out our Discord. Our community is so unbelievably cool, and we've been spending so much time with them. And they keep me company during my streams, and they're just the best
4: community ever. Check out that art, though
3: absolutely we've got such good fan art in there we've got like a media content thing it's super great uh, recently we had somebody make a techno song out of Chris saying dicks over and over again <laughs> uh, it was so good so please come check check out the discord to see more about that um, you can also get access to the Heroes Lounge which is a part of our uh, Patreon rewards anybody who's patroning anything patroning that's absolutely patronizing I prefer, I prefer patroning <laughs> Um <laughs> Anybody who's patronizing anything can come to our uh, Heroes Lounge (laughs) (laughs) and and check out uh, deleted scenes and extra content, things like that. It'd be great to see you there. Um, But until next time, we wish you luck. Hey, we totally didn't give the introductions. I realized I just read the entire thing and I didn't go through the names. Uh, Let's go
4: around the table here, starting with...
0: Sam playing Arvid Ulfman, the uh, now level nine Drew
4: Barb. Um, Hi, I'm (laughs) Alonso. David. Hi, I'm Alante. I play Krista Grand, the Crystalline Sorcerer, and Creation Bard. Hi, I'm Zach the Forgetful. I play (laughs) (laughs) Tim Volkov.
3: I'm also the clerk of (laughs) Suffering. Um, uh, I am also the technical director and producer for Slapdash Studios.
1: My name is Law. I'm the dungeon master for the League of Ultimate Questing, creative director of Slapdash Studios.
3: We wish you luck.
4: (laughs) Again!